an excellent day for an exorcism. I understand, all right. You're one of the undead, and I'm a werewolf. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. Hey there everybody, welcome to this episode of the Horror Crypt Podcast, episode number 64. Now before I get started, I really want to just take some opportunities to thank each and every one of you who are downloading this uh, podcast every week and listening in. It really humbles me that there are amount of people that are listening currently and I just wanted to give a bit of a shout out to everyone. So in America, we've got um, I've got listeners in Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Virginia, Texas, New York, California, Ohio, and Mississippi, so thank you so, so much for downloading this this podcast. It's actually really humbling that you guys like what I'm doing. Um, in Canada, I want to thank Ontario, Alberta, and Quebec. Thank you very much for downloading this. In Australia, we've got Western Australia, South Australia, the place where I'm currently living. Thank you very much. Victoria, New South Wales, Tasmania, and Queensland. Now I go down to England now, and or Great Britain, I should say, and I want to thank England, Wales, and Scotland for downloading this uh, this podcast. Very, very much appreciated. And we go over to Russia, and thank you very much to Moscow for um, downloading this this uh, podcast. I am really humbled that everyone really loves what I'm doing, and it's just going to get bigger and better. Remember, we've got live shows. Well, when I say live shows, we've got you know video shows that are going to be on YouTube that you can actually download, and you can watch me do my thing and talk about movies. Now, this movie, this <laughs> this time around... I, I don't I, I don't know whether you think about this, but you know, just say you know you see a movie and you think to yourself, "Wow, that was absolutely awesome, an amazing movie." And about you know maybe two three years later, you look at it again and go, "What sort of psychedelic drugs was I on to actually think this was a good movie?" Well, this is one of those movies, unfortunately, and it really shows you that maybe I might have been on some pretty pretty decent psychedelic drugs in 1985. No, I wasn't really on any drugs in 1985, but uh, it certainly seemed that way after I watched this movie again and thought, my God, I actually thought this movie was good when it came out. Now, I never saw it on the cinema. In It was basically uh, not very well received on you know, basically on the cinema but it became sort of like a cult uh, movie on VHS uh, even then though I just don't understand how that is is at all possible but I sat down and and it is on YouTube <laughs> so you can watch it for free and believe me it's as bad as what I'm going to basically tell you about it so this is the 1985 comedy sci-fi horror film Future Kill now it is basically stars the as they say the stars of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Marilyn Burns and Edward Neal. Now I didn't know those two from a bar of soap, um, but it's only after I looked at their IMDb situations I'm like, oh, okay, yep, now I know who they are. But uh, I'm telling you, this is not a good movie. I'm I'm sorry to say, there are a lot of people that would sit there and go, oh wow, this is gonna. I've never heard of this movie. Well. Yeah, you may have never heard of this movie, and basically you can steer clear of this movie because it is all over the place. The story really makes no sense. It starts at zero. I was trying I was explaining that it starts at zero, continues at zero, and ends at zero. So if you've got any idea of actually exactly what it is that I'm going to be scoring this, this movie on, I think you could possibly figure out that it may be a zero. And it could be my very first zero because I really cannot figure out exactly what... I really liked about this movie, although, as I said, in 1985, 
man, I must have thought that mo- these sort of movies were the best. And this was a trauma, a, a, tra- a trauma, try a trauma movie. Now, if anyone knows what trauma is, it's basically the B, C, and D grade of movie making. Like you know, you've got um, oh God, what have you got? The Toxic Avenger, the Class of Newcomb High, those sort of movies that are the, all to do with the trauma um, productions. This movie falls into the into the trauma uh, group of of movies. It really is not good. I'm sorry to say, and even the trailer itself is not overly appealing. But look, before we get started, remember we always love to listen to the trailer. So sit back and relax because here comes the trailer. <laughs> I'm sorry, to, I've, I've got to laugh because I still can't believe I actually sat and watched this. Here is the 1985 movie Future Kill. What's up? Okay, bozos, listen up. I put up with the drinking. I put up with the girls in the fraternity house. I even put up with the drugs, especially when you shared them with me. But tar and feathers, you've gone too far. So what are the clothes for? I've got a little surprise for you. You guys have the distinct pleasure of going downtown to kidnap the freak of my choice. Freak City. <laughs> we'll be lucky to get out of this in one piece. Okay, screw-ups, I want him. <gasps> hey, man, it's only a joke. I want the pleasure of killing them myself. That guy's a psycho. I want you to watch your brothers go one at a time. The stars of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre are back. Marilyn Burns, Edwin Neal. Future Kill. So now I can hear a lot of you saying, wow, that's that really sounds like a great uh, movie. No, it's not. So please, if you are going to watch this movie, if you are going to go onto YouTube and just watch, this is all on you. I watch these movies. I watch some of the worst movies um, because that way I don't have to subject you guys to seeing it if you don't want to. So I see the bad movies. I'll watch them. I'll take a bullet for you guys while you sit there and just listen to the podcast. But you know what? If you want to go... And watch this movie. Okay, fair enough. It's on you. Now, the movie opens up where we see a 3 minute and 26 second excruciating opening of a nondescript city. It's The, the city is uh, you know, in obviously dark. It's a nighttime sort of thing. you got a lot of office buildings with the lights on and stuff like that. But it's just a monotonous, continuous panning over a city that we don't know whether it's it could be LA, it could be New York, could be friggin', you know, the whatever city there possibly could be, we don't know because it doesn't give you an idea of what it is. 
And we basically then get an inner shot of what we think is a laboratory. I guess it is a laboratory. And this guy that all I consider to be is he is the a makeshift Terminator. I mean, he's got the armor, which is basically half of his face is armored, half of his face is not. You know, his arm is, his chest is, part of his chest is, his legs are. So he's basically just dressed up as, well, I don't really know. We, we really don't know because the conversation starts off where this guy comes in and says, you know, that you killed, you know, this person and she was part of our group. And, um, you know, we are a, we are a non-violent organization. And basically what it is, is it's um, a group of people that call themselves the mutants. And they've taken over the inner city streets of a large city. They dress weird to try to show the effects of toxic poisoning. One of the mutants, and uh, we were introduced to by the name of Splatter, has really been affected. Now, he, they were saying to him, you know, we understand that there's, you know, the effect of, you know, the effects of toxic poisoning and the, the effects of, you know, the nuclear poisoning that you, you've got in your system. Nobody knows better than us that, you know, this is what can happen. But for God's sakes, would you stop killing people? They're, you know, and of course, he's like, you know, well, you know, she spoke to the, the reporters. She's, you know, she knew the rules and she had to die. And this other guy, we, we are never introduced to this first guy, but the second guy we're introduced to is this guy called Eddie. Now, Eddie is apparently the leader of the organization, but the guy that's basically chewing splatter out is just a low-level sort of guy. And then Eddie comes in and says, you know, if you, you, know, you kill one more person, you know, you're out of the organization. We are a non-violent organization. We want to make sure that the world is aware that this is what could happen, you know, for nuclear fallout. And I think that this movie has, I mean, in 85, I'm not sure whether this was the height of the um, Cuban Missile Crisis or something to that effect, because it seemed to be that everyone was afraid of, of Russia and everyone was afraid that they were going to drop the bomb and stuff like that. So this movie seems to have like an underlying, you know, surface of, you know, what can happen if there's a nuclear um, attack. So basically these guys are saying that, you know, this is what basically could happen. So then we see that uh, Splatter gets a little bit upset and he knocks over, well, I guess it's a it's a, a Bunsen burner and sets a little part of the um, the lab on fire. Then, of course, the, the movie then swaps over to a fraternity. And we see it... Now, I've never been in a fraternity, so I don't know about fraternity life. Anyone... As, if, if anyone's ever been in a fraternity, please reach out to me, horrorcrypt2022 at gmail.com. Tell me about it so I can actually let everyone else know. And remember also, while we're on the subject, you can follow me at horrorcrypt oz at g at uh, on at facebook and if you want to send me a, a direct message as i said horrorcrypt2022 at gmail.com and remember you can also follow me now on youtube at the horrorcrypt podcast thought i'll just get all that out of the way but anyway back to the movie so we're seeing a bit of a fraternity you know um thing going on fraternity party and one of the leaders comes over and says to a group of guys listen um we need to have a bit of a talk so they all they're all taken into a separate room and it's basically so you know you did this to this guy's the other fraternity's um car and uh, you need to go and apologize and they're like oh okay so we'll go and apologize so they they go off and this is how quick the movie is so I'm not trying to speed through this movie. This is how quick this movie goes for. Um, I, actually, I really don't know how long this movie goes for. Let me double check. Ah, so the movie actually runs for 89 minutes and it was released on May 1985. I've got absolutely no um, answers as far as how much the, the movie was made for or how much it took. That's probably how bad it really was. Um, basically, the, the characters that you've got, you've got Splatter which is Edwin Neal. You've got Dorothy Grimm as Marilyn, or Marilyn Burns as Dorothy Grimm. You've got Paul, Steve, Tom, Jay, Clint, and George. 
those are the characters we're going to be focusing on because those are the fraternity guys that are going out to basically um well we'll get to it so they have to go over to the other fraternities um you know president and say listen i'm sorry that we destroyed your your corvette but we've gone and bought you a new one i don't know i mean these guys must have money up the wazoo because i guess a corvette back in 85 was probably around about the 30 maybe the 30 grand which would probably be equal to about a hundred thousand dollars now so i don't know it's it's it was you know these guys are all chipping in to buy this guy a new um a new corvette and the way this guy well I wasn't actually going to let you hear this, but I'm actually going to let you hear this bit of, of the dialogue because this dialogue is really so bad that I really can't just explain it without you listening to it. So this is the dialogue between all the guys trying to apologize for destroying a Corvette and the president's response to hence conversation. Hello, boys. I'm glad you could make it to our little party. I was a little late. <laughs> okay, asshole. Now, your president informs me that out of the goodness of your hearts, you've decided to apologize for the horrible thing you did. And I do appreciate your ordering me the new vet. Well, maybe I can get one in a better color than the one Daddy sent me. Look, man, if we really want to apologize. I I think we were wrong about the other night. Oh, not so fast. Now, since you're doing this out of the goodness of your own hearts, I know you won't deny me one small stipulation. So after this interesting backwards and forwards conversation, we find out that they, the guys are basically in, uh, invited to a whole lot of other parties, but unfortunately, when they go to the next one, they have to be wearing women's underwear. Of course, the guys are like, nope, not going to happen, no chance, no way, no hell. And of course, one of the guys actually says, listen, you know, what have we? What else can we do? You know, we've apologized to him, we've bought him the brand new car, what else does he want? And he says, well, you know, listen, well, you know, one of the guys is like, well, I've already apologized, so I'm not going to do anything more for, the, for him. And, of course, uh, one of the guys goes, well, hang on a minute. And, of course, he lifts up and we can't see, I mean, I don't know where the hell you get the tar from because, you know, suddenly he just appears with a stick and there's tar on it. And he go, and one of the guys goes, no, you're not going to do what, what I think you're going to do. And he's like, yeah, go inside and get me five pillows. Then, of course, we see that there's the cameras sweeping through the party and everyone's looking towards um, these uh, this we don't know what, what we're looking at because the all we can see is the camera going through and people are just horrified at what they're seeing. Now, also within this this group, there's this guy called Greg. Now, I'm going to speak to a lot of the girls here. Girls, have you ever been in a situation where this kind of guy comes over and talks to you? Hi, my name's Greg. Like me so far? No. Hi, my name's Greg. Funny enough, I can hear a whole lot of girls out there going, oh my God, that is exactly the kind of guy that would come over and start talking to me. And this is good old Greg. He's just basically going around to women. And he, he looks like he should be, um, well, he's definitely not. He just doesn't look like he should be in a fraternity. He looks like he's like 47 years of age, still hanging out in a fraternity at school. Um, because he's just, you know, hi, my name is Greg. Like me so far? Um, so basically, we see the sweeping situation of the camera going through, and uh, 
the person that, we, that they were just talking to, not Greg, the other guy who got the brand new vet, just said to the to their president, listen, can I come and speak to you? And this guy's just completely tarred and feathered. So um, the guys are taken once again into another room and uh, their president is now talking to them and says, listen, we've got a situation here that uh, you guys are going to get kicked completely out of the fraternity unless you do a certain thing for me. And of course, they're like, yeah, okay, so <laughs> what do you want us to do? Now then, suddenly there's a montage of people getting dressed. But they're you get, getting their makeup done, and it's like, what the hell are they doing? They're getting face paint put on, they're getting their hair you know, brushed, girls are painting you know, stuff onto their faces, whatever. And then we find out that uh, the fraternity guys, the frat boys, have to go downtown and kidnap a, a protester of the uh, the president's choice now i don't understand why they did this why they are even going to be doing this because the answer is so what we want to do is we just want to go down and kidnap a, a, a protester bring him back to the um, frat house and let him go okay so i know a lot of you are just sitting there scratching your head now going what is the point? Well, I don't know. This movie doesn't have a point. I mean, basically, you know, the, the mutants are called the anti-nuke mutants. The protesters are dressed in bizarre fashions and makeup to draw attention to their cause on stopping nuclear technology. So basically, this movie does have an underlying, you know, no-nuke situation. So that's, that's all well and good. But this situation of kidnapping one of the, the mutant leaders as a prank just makes no sense so anyway they go down and they're, they're just driving along the road and they're trying to find someone to kidnap they go past you know girls and they're like you know what about them no and they find a couple of guys what about him no and they, they keep driving finally they get out of the car and start walking around the place and of course this is when one of the uh, the guys the the president says okay i want this guy now the guy that's walking in front of splatter is just a regular guy he's not eddie whatsoever he's not the leader He's just a regular guy. Of course, unfortunately, as they go to kidnap this guy, um, Splatter then turns around and slices, as in puts um, a couple of blades through this guy's head and kills him. And then suddenly it's, uh, it's made out the fact that uh, Eddie, who comes to the guy's rescue and says, enough, you are not going to be doing this anymore. You are out of the organization. Splatter then ends up by killing Eddie. Then, of course, here we go, because they inadvertently, the, the, the frat boys, inadvertently get framed for the murder of Eddie and are hunted throughout the abandoned buildings and dark streets by a crazed splatter and his gang. So this the movie basically becomes The Warriors, except The Warriors looks good. <laughs> this movie is not. This is going to be a very, very short podcast, I swear, because there's really not much to this movie. Um, you basically get to see that these guys have to fight their way throughout the city to try and get away. Now, as I said, you know, it's a nondescript city, so we don't know where it is that they are currently. Um, they're getting in contact with, you know, um, a couple of people. One of the, when, one of the girls is called uh, Julie and Eddie's girlfriend, Dorothy. And of course they decide they want to get revenge on Splatter who killed Eddie. So it's basically it comes down to that they already realized who it was that killed Eddie because Eddie being the, um, being the leader, Splatter is uncontrollable. Like he can't be controlled. He can't be reasoned reason with. And this is the whole thing. It's almost like, you know, with the Terminator, he can't be reasoned with. He can't be bargained with. He doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear or anger or whatever. This is Splatter. So this is why I'm saying that this is almost like the Terminator, but in the C-grade Terminator. Because um, Dorothy, basically, you know, and she used to be with Eddie as Eddie's girl. Uh, sorry, he, she used to be with um, Splatter 
as his as his girlfriend. And, you know, she's like, you know, the whole thing of what's going on with him is that he is uncontrollable. He wants total control over everything. And so we need to get, we need to eliminate him. So once again, it just comes down to the fact that these guys are hunted throughout the city and, and everyone starts to, to hunt them, you know, throughout the city. And this is as what I'm saying is that this movie doesn't really go anywhere the interaction now there is one guy in this movie oh my god he is jim i swear to god if he is not jim carrey i do not know who is jim carrey this guy is so much like jim carrey i would actually almost hazard a guess that this is jim carrey but with a different name because he he just looks his mannerisms the way he is it's just he is just jim carrey now, there is a part of this movie where, you know, after the party that uh, has happened, you know, and of course this poor guy's been tarred and feathered, his um, fraternity brothers start chasing the frat guys down the down the street. Of course, they end up by going home. Luckily, they get home. And uh, one of the main guys, Steve, goes and basically gets, um, well, we are told is a girl who comes from a convent and says to two of the guys, Tom and Jay, how about you come up in five minutes and uh, you're going to have some fun in the bed. So, of course, you know, you know, Tom and Jay go flying up the stairs and Steve's standing at the door going, OK, boys, start your engines. And, of course, we look towards the bed and there is a topless girl laying in the bed getting ready. The lights go out and, of course, we are seeing that these guys are getting undressed. Now, this is a bit of the, uh, I can't believe I watched this movie, sort of scratching the head moment. So... Tom and Jay get into bed and, you know, I guess things are starting to get a little bit that way. And, of course, this is where Tom goes, um, Jay, do you feel something weird? And, of course, the light goes on and there is a very big, beautiful woman, a wonderful BBW, topless, sitting there going, how do you like these egg rolls? And basically rubs their faces in her very large breasts and just starts giggling away of course we then we turn to the door and we find that steve is standing there with a fully dressed girl who happened to have been in the bed to begin with um next to him now you have to suspend belief in this movie because it is so full of holes it's not funny um how do you with two guys laying next to you you're in your sandwich i'm talking to the girls here okay so you're in the center of two guys now suddenly you uh you slide your way out of the bed get fully dressed, get a large woman to go in your place and the guys don't notice it. This is where the movie sort of like takes so many left and right turns and you go, yeah, whatever. But anyway, I have got nothing against BBW. I think they are gorgeous women, absolutely gorgeous. So for me, perfect. Um, <laughs> but this is just like, yeah, this is just ridiculous. And this is where, you know, this whole movie starts to take a bit of a, a left turn. So Steve is basically the muscle. He's the guy that basically is, um, the main instigator with a lot of the fights that are going on throughout the city. So they're basically being these poor guys, you know, you've got Paul, Steve, Tom, Jay and Clint and George. They're all basically being hunted throughout the city. And as we see things go, go along bit by bit, a couple of them have been taken out by Splatter. Of course, Splatter is also hunting them throughout the city but he's got his soldiers going out to try and find them because he wants to kill them one by one um and then of course during the the course of the uh the whole night we find that julie who was uh who's a street walker is being assaulted by um two police officers who we find out that clint is actually um the son of one of the uh, police chief surprise surprise yeah 
Who would have thought? And of course, the police officer then phones it in, or you know, to find out that yeah, he's actually telling the truth. But you know, of course, they 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 save Julie, and they're like, listen, we don't know where we are, we don't know how to get out of here. Our car's been destroyed, um, so you know, how do we get out of the city? And she's like, well, if you just follow me, then we are we I can take you to somewhere. And and of course, they would have basically going to take you to um, Dorothy, who happens to be basically the second in command of Eddie, and is now is now Eddie's girlfriend. And of course, they do want to get rid of Splatter. So basically, it's just the fact of like, okay, we're going to be going through this whole thing now. In this, in the process of everything that's going on, and you're being hunted and stuff, you've got enough time to go to see a band and just sit in there and relax. So the guys are sitting there, just you know, chilling out and relaxing and having a great time listening to this alternate band. Now, alternate band. I'm really not sure exactly what's so alternate about them. Yes, they've got some makeup you know then they're playing but that's all they're doing and of course julie's like you know see you get to see how the other half live because these are frat boys so it's like you know you guys are probably being born with a silver spoon in your mouth and so now we've got this situation of like you need to see what's going on on the other side of the world it's like oh give me a break so anyway we find that splatter comes into the to the club and hunts hunts them down and we start another running montage where they're just running through the city trying to get away from splatter and they're trying to get away from the soldiers that are following them and you know bit by bit it's just becoming more and more give me a break come on and in all honesty it took me this time eight times to get through this movie now (laughs) i'm pretty good at watching a movie from beginning to end last week when i did the um youtube uh movie of um deadly blessing i saw that through beginning to end even though it was excruciatingly slow but then again you know you would have you would have seen me on youtube anyway so you would see exactly what i was talking about but you know it was just excruciatingly slow that movie this one was not slow it was just boring and i watched this in 1985 and thought this movie was cool i mean what was i thinking i swear to god drugs had to be drugs i was on something because I can't believe it that I was actually so excited about this movie. So anyway, we just basically see that these guys are being hunted down. And of course, this is when Dorothy says to them, listen, um, here's the thing. We're going to trap Splatter in this area because we just want to get rid of him. So they, st- she starts laying out all these traps. Now, at one point as they're running through the, the hallways of this abandoned building, um, Julie basically says to, to Paul, stop, don't, don't, don't run any further. Because right in front of you, there's a grenade, a hand grenade. And with a wire attached to the other side of the door frame. Now, um, I don't know how how long Dorothy had to actually put all these traps into place, but at one stage you see that Splatter is now into the building and is following Paul. And for some reason, I don't know how you even figure this was not a grenade that would blow up in the middle of anything. He gets his gun because you know Dorothy has given them all handguns and shotguns to try and stop Splatter. He basically knocks the pin out of the. Um, the grenade and we find it's a smoke grenade to try and slow splatter down well i don't know how you even figure that it was not a real hand grenade but yep he does it and we're uh, we basically to assume that yeah he knows what he's doing so we'll go with it so of course we just basically follow the whole situation of splatter basically chasing these guys around to the point where eventually he's caught they're cornered by splatter and one of his henchmen and dorothy comes in with a pitchfork and stabs splatter into the stomach pushing him into a room which we don't know why is is going to do this to him but it starts to dissolve him and kill him so we are only to assume that there is maybe radioactivity in that room but of course splatter is basically slowly dying um and we are watching we are watching every 
second of him dying. I'm telling you, we do watch every second of him dying to the point that he basically, you know, just goes and just he he just dies in front of us. <laughs> All I can say is he just dies in front of us. But it's such a long, slow, painful death that he does. Eventually, we see that Dorothy is now going to take over the leadership of the mutants and basically make sure that everyone is aware of the 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 bad situation you got of uh, nuclear fallout and nuclear weapons and we need to get rid of nuclear weapons so as i said i think there's an underlying you know storyline in this movie yes it was a horror movie kind of um an action movie kind of comedy yeah well we st i still think that jim carrey's in this movie please if anyone would actually like to watch this movie go onto youtube type in future kill watch it and you tell me i and, and email me um, horrorcrypt2022 at gmail.com if there really is this situation that the, you think that Jim Carrey's in this movie. Because I seriously think that he really is in this movie. But anyway, it's, you know, it is what it is. So you see him, you see Splatter dead. Dorothy is now the leader. And of course, the, the guys are trying to get out of this situation. So they walk up to the top of, well, we thought it was the roof, but it's not. It's actually going towards the outing of the building. And um, one of Splatter's henchmen come running up. And, you know, of course, the guys are sitting there. And, and now we're only down to, like, four people because Clint's being killed by Splatter. Um, not not a very dramatic kill. Just basically stabbed and basically stuck onto a wall so everyone can see. But, you know, none of the guys are like, oh, my God, that is so hardcore. How terrible is that? They're like, oh. Okay. And of course when they when they're gonna be leaving, you know, one of the guys, Jay, says, Do you think we should call the police to, to get Clint's body? And they're like, Yep, we better go and find a phone. It's like, wow, finding a phone in nineteen eighty five, you've now got to go outside to find a phone, whereas we've got phones in our pockets. So basically they're all standing around trying to figure out, okay, we've got to go and and, uh, and get a phone find a phone so we can get Clint's body. Of course, you know, Splatter's henchman comes around the corner and says, you know, you know, it's, it's not over yet. And of course, this is when uh, Steve, who was standing behind him, basically just takes him, wraps his hand around his uh, throat and breaks his neck. The movie then ends with the guys opening up a door and you can see that it's now, you know, the sun's come up and you see a sweeping shot over the city of the whole city coming alive. The sun's coming up, cars are now, on, now out on the street. And uh, you see the guys walking out of the doorway and into the sunlight. The movie goes black. And that is the end of the movie until at the very end in the last 10 seconds of the movie, you get to hear the laugh of splatter at the end of the credits. As I said, the movie goes black and that is the end of the movie. Yeah, I understand this podcast has only gone for 30 minutes <laughs> but and most of it has been fluff because as I said, 89 minutes is there's no, there's just nothing going on. I just, I, I can't figure out what it was that I loved about this movie so much. I don't even think I loved this movie. I think I thought it was cool. I thought I liked it. But this movie is just so incessantly slow and boring, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, I can't say anything more about it. Um, look, on a scale of zero to five buckets of blood, zero being how do I get the last 89 minutes of my life back, to five, it was a perfect movie, and I would watch it all over again. <sighs> um... Well, all I can do is I can give it a one. And the one I'm giving it for is because in the movie you get to see breasts, boobs. That's all you get to see. What do you get to see? Boobies! 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 Exactly. Now, before we go, we have to listen to Paul's Fun Facts. 
So as far as trivia goes and fun facts, there are five items and three are not even worth talking about. So basically it's only going to be this week, just two fun facts. So the first fun fact was this film was shot all over Austin, Texas without any permits. So now we know exactly where the hell this the city was. But still it's like, okay, fair enough, no per- no permits. And the second fun fact and the last fun fact of this movie is this film was given an X rating for extreme violence. I don't even know where the hell that extreme violence was. When it was first submitted to the MPAA, one slight edit had to be made to a single scene so the movie could secure an R rating. Okay, so I don't know. I mean, the movie itself was not even really worth an R rating anyway um, because it's really, I mean, it's bad acting, bad script writing, uh, <laughs> I don't know, which is bad all, all around. So I don't know exactly where it is that this R rating came from. Uh, but there we go. There was they had to do one single scene to make it from X to R. There we are. There we <laughs> there we are. That rhymes. Wow. <laughs> Look, as I said, thank you very much once again for coming to visit me at the Horror Crypt podcast. Remember all social platforms. Um, on Facebook at HorrorCryptOz. Send me a direct message, HorrorCrypt2022 at gmail.com. And you can subscribe and like and follow my YouTube channel, The Horror Crypt Podcast. There you can give me suggestions, give me comments. Did I like the, the video? Did I not like the video? Everything in between. And uh, as I said, once a month, I'm going to be doing a live video. So, you know, whatever you see that I'm going to be doing that week or that, you know, for that uh, that podcast will be live. You'll also be able to hear it just in the audio situation that you're getting from your favorite podcast channel. But as I said, if you want to come and watch me, uh, then by all means, come to visit me at the Horror Crypt podcast at YouTube. Yeah. Other than that... <laughs> That movie was very, very strange, and I'm, I've got a lot of different movies and a lot of better movies coming up, but Future Kill, thank God, as I've said, I can just get rid of that one, shelve it, and I'll never have to watch it again, because I really don't think I can I can be too drunk to watch that movie. Yeah. But as I said, if you want to watch it, by all means, go ahead, but it's all on you. Anyway, until we meet again next week, I will say, creep you later. Mm-hmm.